Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So I just want to just lay that foundation that we're in this to be transformed into what God wants. Do you know why? Because as we conform to what God wants, not only do we glorify Him, God's intent is God loves you. When you submit to do things God's way, you're going to be blessed. God wants you to enjoy your marriage if you're married. If you're not married, God wants you to be prepared to go into marriage in a way that he can bless. Every instruction, command, and everything that God gives is with you in mind. He's a good father. If you just eaten a hot dog, piled high with condiments, and checked your t-shirt to discover a large spill, you clean it up or change shirts. It would be silly to find the spill and just leave it. Today's message shares truths for a happy marriage. After Pastor Bill's message, don't continue in your marriage with a spill on your shirt. Take the advice given. Make improvements to your relationship. Clean up your mess. When you submit to the Lord's will out of love and respect for Him, He will bless you. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Marriage and the Family. We began the section of Ephesians that deals with marriages. And um, for those of you that are married, obviously this is some right now, these are instructional things for us. And so uh, they're things for you to hear and yield to and submit to. And um, maybe you hear in these things, uh, in the commands to the husband or the commands to the wife, things that you're doing that will affirm that you're obeying the Lord. But you may also hear some things that convict you, that as you read them, you say, wow, that's, I'm not doing that in my marriage. So what we want to do, whenever you read something in a word that's not, you're not doing it, don't leave the same. Okay, we want to hear it. We gave the instruction to our married couples that were listening as as if you realize, man, I'm blowing it here, that you were to go to your spouse, acknowledge it to them, confess it. You were to repent of it before the Lord and begin to walk different. You know, that's the otherwise this is a waste of time. And we're going to sit here and hear what we're doing wrong and not make adjustments. Amen. And so I just want to I just want to keep that before us, that the goal of the study of scripture is that we would be transformed. Right. It says in the book of James that the word of God is like a mirror. And when you stand in front of a mirror, you're standing before the mirror to check yourself out. So when you stand before a physical mirror, you're looking to see if everything is all right. You know, is everything in place? I looked in the mirror earlier. and I had the buttons wrong. So I undid it. I fixed it. I didn't I didn't leave the mirror until the buttons were right. You know, you get it together before you walk away. James says any man that looks into the, the word of God, you know, and doesn't change. It's like a man looking at his face in the mirror. He sees what's wrong and he just leaves it. You know, if you walked up to your mirror and you saw a big smudge of mustard and you said, oh, look at that. That's nasty. And you just went on about your day and you're not going to wipe that off. You just don't go out like that. That's how you're going to do. That's what it's like to hear God's word and not make the adjustments. And so I just want to just lay that foundation that we're in this to be transformed into what God wants. Do you know why? Because as we conform to what God wants, Not only do we glorify him, God's intent is God loves you. When you submit to do things God's way, you're going to be blessed. God wants you to enjoy your marriage if you're married. If you're not married, God wants you to be prepared to go into marriage in a way that he can bless. Every instruction, command, and everything that God gives is with you in mind. He's a good father. And so none of this is to hurt us or to restrict us or or to press us down. God is saying, I really want you to be able to enjoy the things that I've made available to you to the fullest. Amen. Amen. All right. With that, um, we were looking at the husbands and how that God called husbands to 
love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. We looked at the different types of love and were very clear that it was the it was the agape love that God was calling husbands to love with. So I want to point something out. We're going to see from verses 25, 26 and 27. God, through Paul, tells us three ways that God demonstrates his love towards us. And they are past, present and future. I want you to write these down, then I'm going to go back through and explain how this would, you know, how this would relate to the marriage. In the past, verse 25 says that, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ also has loved the church and gave himself. So in the past, what God did for me in the past is that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. Amen. Amen. He, he loved us to death. He loved us more than he loved his very life. And he died on the cross that you and me could be forgiven. And I just want to point out some people think, well, I mean, that was Jesus. He was God. No, he laid down aspects of his deity. It was and it was there was humanity there when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. That wasn't pretend. He said, Father, there's any other way. Let this cup pass. I'm not looking forward to what they're going to do to me on behalf of them. But if there's no other way, he says, nevertheless, your will be done. Right. There's no other way for them to be forgiven and be saved than me go to the cross. Then I'll go. And he went. And so I, I used to always say Christ went willingly to the cross, but I changed it a couple of years ago. I remember just studying this and I, I, I now say he went obediently to the cross. He didn't. He said if there's any other way. I'm not looking forward to this. If there's another way, I'll, I'll take it. But if not, I'll go obediently to the cross. He went obediently to the cross for you and me. So that's what Christ did for you in the past. And so in the present, look at verse 26 and 27 with me. He says that he might sanctify and cleanse her. With the washing of water by the word. The present work that Christ is doing in us is the work of sanctification. He is washing us by the water of the word. And so, so that the word, what the word does for you and me as believers, it sanctifies us. That word sanctified means to be set apart for a specific purpose. You know, I liken it to this. There are things that are set apart just for me. I, we had an ordeal in my house the other day. Um, y'all know my, I got a son that's, he, he's almost getting to be my size. But I saw him walking around the house, his pants were sagging. I, I said, that's my underwear. Oh. And I said, well, that's, that's what I said. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I said, I called a house meeting, stop it. I said, wife, come here. I see him, this, this may not happen here. I said, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how he ended up with my underwear. I'm not sharing drawers with nobody. <laughs> Those are set apart by me, for me only. And so uh, I had to have a little powwow with my fella. You know, hey, brother, you got, you got your own set that I, I, that I can't wear. So when God says that he is sanctifying us through the washing of water by the word, God is setting us apart for his specific use and purpose. Right. And he's setting you apart from the world, from sin, from things that mean you don't mean you well for him. God wants you to himself. And so, God, how do you set me apart? It's through the washing of water by the word. And so that's why we encourage you guys to do the daily reading, to be in your word every day, because God is washing and renewing every single day through the word of God. And, and there are things that you read one day and it's not really, you know, powwow, but you read another day and God is further setting you apart by him and for him. He wants you to be set apart for him. He does that through the word of God. And then the third thing. So that's present. That's the present work God is doing. The future work that God promises to do is second part of verse 27. He says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So God says in the future, right? We are the church of the bride of Christ. He said, I'm going to present you to myself without blemish. 
How many of us have blemishes in our spiritual lives right now? Y'all got spots, blemishes, wrinkles and crinkles and crankles and everything else, right? Guys, I'm going to present you, though, one day with none of that. How is that? The blood of Christ is washing us of all of our sins. One day we're going to stand before him. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. Christ is, he says, I did something for you back here. I died on the cross for you. I'm doing something for you right now. I'm washing you regularly with the washing of the water by the word. And then in the future, I'm going to present you faultless. I'm going to present you without spot, wrinkle, blemish, any such thing. I'm going to do all that for you. Isn't he a glorious savior, right? That he would do all that for us. Look, he's, his plan for us encompassed everything. God said, look, I had in mind your past failure, your present challenges, and your future issues. All of that when I chose you. I made preparation for it all. It teaches me, it tells me, it tells me another thing, right? Is God, did he leave a way out of the relationship? Is there a way out? No. No, our, 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 the relationship we have with Jesus, he said, no, once you're in, you're in. I, I've, I've made a provision all the way through. Yes. I made a provision for the messed up stuff you came in with. I made a provision for the stuff you would be struggling with while we were in the relationship. I've made a provision for all the way through. I, I have no intentions of breaking this off. I have no intentions of ending this. And so I, I wanted to point that out first. First, we need to understand how Jesus is loving us, that I can come back to the husband because God says, husbands. I'm the example. I'm being the example for you. And so let me come back now. I won't go back to verse 25. We, we hit that pretty good last week. But we, we, that's the past. So we're loving our wives sacrificially and, and like Christ loved the church, you know, agape love, loving her period. But then in verse 26, that he might sanctify and wash her with the washing of water through the word. It is a husband's ministry to his wife. That he, would, that he would wash her with the water of the word. That he would minister to his wife's spiritual things. And because every woman is different, every man needs to figure out how to do that for his wife. You know, in what way, how do you minister to her in that way? I'm going to tell you how I've seen guys do it wrong as a, just so that y'all don't be doing dumb stuff, right? I'll start with myself. When I first got married... I thought this meant that I'm going to prepare little Bible studies, tell my wife, sit down, let me tell you this Bible study, you know, and she'd be looking at me like I was so dumb. She's just sitting there like, you look really dumb. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not receiving none of this. And I, I really was like perplexed, like what's wrong with her? Like, this, this is good stuff. I'm breaking bread with you, girl. That's not what she wanted, you know? And once I got over my ego and my little self, you know, and realized that what she really wanted to do was have a dialogue. She wanted to go over stuff together. We kind of found the groove in a, you know, years down the road where we, like we do at the church here, we do, we do the readings together and then we discuss them and she takes notes and I take my notes and she likes to hear, what did you get? And she likes to tell me what she got. And she loves to bring her Bible questions. I love to answer Bible questions. And so we get to interact over the word in a way that's meaningful to her. I get to wash her. So uh, I just say that husbands that you wouldn't be foolishly making it about yourself. You know, if you tried it one way and it didn't work, get over it. Try a new way. Ask her if she knows. I mean, how you want to do this? I just want to be able to engage with you over spiritual things. You know, what works for you? Figure it out. Every, every woman's different. I will say this. There's a, a mistake that some guys make. Some guys think washing their wife with the water of the word is, you know, telling her everything she's doing wrong and telling her that I'm not, she's not going to feel washed. She's going to feel beat. That's not the water. That's not the, you don't feel. When you think, think about washing. You, can, you take a shower, what do you feel afterwards? Refreshed. Oh, that was good, you know? Nobody will feel refreshed after they get beat, you know? So for those that are misunderstanding this, this is not your opportunity to beat her up with the word of God. 
you really want to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. You guys, y'all all know we make bad Holy Spirits. Whenever I see people trying to be the Holy Spirit, you know, trying to trying to convict, you know, what I call them. I say, oh, you the Holy Ghost Junior. You know, you, you can't be the Holy Ghost for somebody else. So washing her with the water of the word, it would look more like this. Now, maybe God convicted me about something. I could tell her, you know what? I read this and I was, I was really convicted about this in my life. Not you. This is what God's speaking to me about. Or oh, I was really encouraged what God shared with me here, sharing it with you. You know, I'm just washing you. I'm sharing what maybe it may encourage you to hear that I'm being convicted about this thing right here. Or it may encourage you that I was stirred in my faith by what I read here, but I'm just trying to wash you with the word of God. And so every husband needs to find out how to do that for his wife. But I will say this, you can't wash her in the water of the word if you're not in the word for yourself. And if your wife is more diligent in devotion than you, then how you gonna wash her? She wash, you know, she, what you gonna do for her if she's more, if your wife is more diligent to be in her word and do her devotion, you have nothing to offer her. You know, you're like a spigot that don't work. Anybody ever turned on the water and it didn't come out? You know, that's what you are. You don't want to be that. You want to be able to refresh her and wash her. Um, and so not that we're in competition with them, right? You shouldn't be slowing her down, but you should catch up. You know, when, when I was engaged, when I, well, before I got engaged to my wife, so she had a jump on me. She grew up in church. She'd been in church a long time. I just got saved, met her two months in. And I realized we would sit down and go in the word. I'm like, she knows all the stories. <laughs> Man, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I got to catch up. I got I to gotta put on. I'm not kidding you. I, I bought commentaries. I bought every payday. I was buying, but I'm going to find me. I'm going to tell her something she don't know yet. You know, I'm a, and, and it was good. It was good for me. To, it, it was like, you, you, if you're going to be able to lead her, she ain't going to slow down. You're going to have to catch up, you know. And every man here that will put on his spiritual track shoes, I promise you, God will bless your efforts. God will bring you up to speed to where you have something beneficial to say. I realize our conversation, we weren't really matching up just yet. You know, she, I don't even know these people's names. She knows their names and, you know, everything else. So, but, hey, I caught up before the wedding day. So, you know, so we wash them, right? Wash them with the water of the word. But for what purpose, right? God washes us that we be set apart for him. Um, and so the goal of washing, that's why I wanted to present that. It's not beating. It's not our time to correct them. It's not our time to chastise them. But it's, you know, that they might be set apart for Christ. I'm going to say things to you that will endear you to your Lord. That's my goal as a husband. I want my wife to be. My best thing I can do for my wife is to say and do things that encourage her in her relationship with Jesus. And so husbands, that's what we do in very practical ways. You know, Pastor Clint is always, you know, he kind of jokes when he talks about the retreat. That's the one way that you wash your wife. You know what? When it's time for retreats, my kids will tell you over the course of our lives, whenever it was time for a retreat, um, I would tell my wife, go. I would make it like a party at home. So the kids are like, yes, mom. The kids are telling her to go. Everybody was excited because you know what? We're going to party. I'm going to break all the rules. The kids were eating cake for breakfast. And, you know, we just we went in and had a great time. And she knew. She knew that they were going to be having fun. She could be getting ministered to. She came back. The kids going to be tore up. That was the deal, you know. So but that's part of watching her like, hey, that's what you need to do. Um, if there's a retreat coming up, there's an opportunity to be with some sisters, there's a women's study coming. Whatever is available for you, you go. You, you can go do that. Uh, I will wash the kids. I will do whatever it is. That's, that's part of washing them, allowing them things that are going to encourage her in her relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, again, verse 27, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy 
and without blemish. And again, as Christ is saying, this is how I love the church. But he's telling the husbands, love your wife like I love the church. Now let me tell you how I love the church. So then it says that he might present her to himself. And so this is the thing I want to encourage the, or challenge the husbands to consider is one day you're going to present. I mean, think about this. Your wife came to you from the Lord. If you're a Christian, the Bible says in Proverbs that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So God gave me my wife, right? That's God said, here's my daughter. You get to be her husband. You get to minister to her, care for her, you know, but, but I'm going to have her back one day. When we get to heaven, unfortunately, fellas, your wife is not going to be your wife in heaven. I'll be honest, you know, it says in heaven, we're not married or given in marriage. I don't like the idea on earth, but I guess when we get there, it's going to be okay because everybody in heaven is full of joy and pleasure evermore. So I guess somehow we're not going to be bummed out. But ain't nobody else going to be with her, you know? So, anyway, uh, I'll be, and so however that works out, right? We're, we're um, you know, we're ultimately at that point, Christ is the groom. We're all the bride of Christ. But here's the thing. We're going to present them to him, right? Imagine, I imagine this. God gave me, I've had my wife for 20 years now. What condition was she in when I got her? How I have I been with her for 20 years? How have I treated her? What about what about what's she looking like right now as a result of being with me for 20 years? And however long the Lord gives us, one day God's gonna have his daughter back. Yes. And what's what's she like as a result of having been my wife for this many years? I'm gonna give him an account for that. That matters to the Lord. Yes. And husbands need to consider that that it matters to the Lord. Jesus says, Look, I all this that I'm doing down here, one day I'm going to present you back to myself. And Christ said, I'm, 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 he's confident. I'm going to present you faultless. Right? That's what I'm going to do. Now, I can't, I can't declare I'm going to present her faultless, you know. But what I don't want to do, I don't, you know, I don't want to present her stressed out, worn down, brokenhearted, crushed spirited to back to her. I don't want to do that. God, it's, it's a privilege that God would give me a wife. And that I could pour into her and minister to her. And, and what a blessing that one day her dad will look at her. Dad's my dad, too. So when her dad gets her back, he can look and say, man, you I want him to say, well done. Man, you did right by her. Because you don't have to say that. You know, everybody think God going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Everybody to make their way to heaven. God ain't a liar. He ain't going to say, well done, if you didn't do well. He ain't going to say good and faithful servant if you've been unfaithful and bad, you know, so that's not, you know, the cookie cutter response to everybody that breaks the gates, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Some of y'all by the skin of your teeth just barely made it, you know, that's, I think that's what some people are here, you're lucky you made it in, you know, um, well done, good and faithful servant is said to those that did well and were good and faithful servants, but every husband here consider that, you know, we talked about it in first Peter chapter three, you know, that, that our wives, heavenly father are observing what we're doing, how we're managing them, how we're treating them. One day we're all going to be back with him um, if everybody's saved. And so I want the Lord to be pleased with what I've done, you know, with my wife. I want I realize I'm going to give an account to the Lord for how I've done with my wife over these years. And so husbands, I want us to be mindful of that. And you could ask yourself, right? If you and your wife died today, this is it. This far as you got to go is today. God forbid. But if that happened. And you get to present her back to her father today. How are you doing? What's he saying to you? How's that look? And if, it's, if, you, don't like what, if you don't like what you would hear, then you can make some adjustments today. You want to do well. And nobody can go backwards, but everybody can go forward and do better. Right? You can't go back and fix anything in the past. You can say sorry for the past. But everybody that's listening today can move forward in obedience 
and honor God from this point in how you do. Amen. And so my goal is never to beat y'all up. I want to build you up so that we would do right by the Lord. So let's move on. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their wives as I'm sorry. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. So now, you know, God's kind of make, bringing it back down to the practical. He says, now you ought to love your wife like you love your own body. Now, it's interesting that, you know, there's a whole movement where people are trying to teach us to love ourselves. Y'all know y'all don't need no help loving yourself. Um, that's a common thought out there. I even hear, I've heard ministers teach this. I would say this. There's not a single verse in the Bible that tells you to love yourself. Not a single one. You know why? The Bible knows that you already do. It's people that's running around saying, I hate myself. They really love themselves. And they say they hate themselves to get attention from you because they love themselves a lot. And this is what I, I got to say. I hate myself to get you to think that I'm that's that's what people do. They love themselves. God says you love yourself. That's 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 man's issue. We love ourselves. So God says, husbands, we're going to take for granted. You love yourself. God takes for granted that throughout the Bible, by the way. He says, love your neighbors as your because he knows you love yourself. And he knows you love yourself the most. So he says, if you would love your neighbor the way you love yourself, you would be a good neighbor. Right. He doesn't qualify. He doesn't say, well, first, make sure you love yourself so then you can know how you love somebody else. That's what everybody teaches today. That's a bogus teaching. The Bible says love them like you love yourself because you already love yourself enough, more than enough. Right. Husband, love your wife like you love yourself. How why would he say that? Because I know you love yourself. And he's going to explain why right here. So verse 28, husbands have to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. We love ourselves, our own bodies. You know, the Bible says we, we do love ourselves. We care for ourselves. It's demonstrated in all that we do for ourselves. Nobody here, no man here has to think about if you had a day off and some money in your pocket and you just sit there and say, what am I going to do for myself today? <laughs> Every man here knows what he would like to do. You know what you would enjoy, what would be fun, what would make you happy. You know, you know yourself because you love yourself. You, you are in tune with yourself. <laughs> now he says, love her like you love you. That's going to take some work. That's going to take some work. That takes some thought. It takes some, some paying attention. It takes some special listening. And it takes taking you off the throne and putting her up there, right? Putting, esteeming her greater than yourself. You already love yourself. You don't even have to think about what to do for yourself, right? If I drive through somewhere and I'm going you know, my, if my wife wants me, I'm going to pick up dinner. When I drive through, I know what I want, but I got to call her. What would you like? Because I know what I want already. You know, he said, now, now, this would be wrong, right? What if I went and I got what I wanted and just got her whatever? Really? You're not going to even ask her. You're not even going to consider, what, what do you want? You know, I, I know what I want. It's my job as a husband to begin to learn, what does she want? You know, I go to Starbucks. My wife's not a coffee person, but she likes a venti ice water. So if I go get my drink, I'd always get that free venti ice water because that's what I can get for her. I'm going to get you something. Whatever it is, if I go wherever I go, it's I have to be mindful. What does she like from here? This is what she likes. There are places that there are things I don't like that she likes. Right. I don't like I'm not a slushy guy. When it's hot, my wife likes slushies, red slushies. But she don't like red slushies from 7-Eleven. She like red slushies from the Chevron station because it's got the icy chips in it or whatever. So if I want to be a blessing on a hot day. I go by the Chevron to get the, the red slushy with the icy stuff in it. I, I'm the man when I walk in. Huh? I bet trip was all about you. I ain't got nothing for me there. Just all about you, you know? <laughs> now I stop and get me stuff I like. My God said, love her like you love yourself. And so husbands, encourage you. Be thoughtful about your wife. Pay attention to her needs and desires and everything else. This will bless your marriage. It says at the end of the verse, it now I don't think it's the only motive, but it says he who loves his wife loves himself. Right? 
the condition your wife is going to be in when you love her like this, this is, he said it's pretty much like loving yourself. You'll enjoy her a lot more in that condition. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Ephesians, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, Paul explains that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. What matters is that Christ unites us as one. In Jesus, we all belong. Do you ever let differences hinder you from having genuine relationships? Do you let cultures or skin color get in the way of Christ-like living? Paul knew that although differences can be difficult to process, unity is the heart of God. To be one with each other is to be one with the Father. We hope you continue to learn more from this book and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. We pray you continue to seek Jesus in all you do. Thanks again for joining us. And be sure to catch us next time right here on A Transforming Word. Oh, 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 oh